0: Hi, I'm Tapia
1: And I'm Brian Ziegler from the band Dark Beauty. And you're, you're listening, listening to, to the Free Freeform Form Rock Podcast. Podcast.
2: All right! You are listening to the Freeform Rock Podcast. Is everybody in? Is everybody in?
3: Is everybody in? The ceremony is about to begin.
1: I am Tom and I am part of Rage Against the Machine, and you are watching Raw Power What we do really seems to tap into a vein of, of aggression and a vein of um, uh, there's a real subterranean disillusionment with the status quo, which I think that rage is really tapping into because because I think that disillusionment is wide and it's very deep and um, you know kids from LA to to london really seemed to it seems to have struck a resounding chord and so you know I, I the first couple of shows that we played outside of los angeles it did take me a little it took a while to get used to you know in, in l.a when we play i know every i know everybody out there and when we're in berlin or, or london i don't know the people there but the response is the same
2: what they told you.
1: it's very important that there's no barrier between band and the crowd that there's no there's no Rage Against Machine fans, you know. It's like it's like the stage is their space too, and sometimes they spend an awful lot of time up on it, which is fine. Um, and sometimes you know we spend some time down there as well. Uh, and so yeah, I mean it's a completely feeding off each other. It's you know it's a real it's a real community, and it's um, you know it, it it's when I used to go to concerts, when I used to go to like Kiss concerts for example, and and metal concerts when I was growing up. At the end of a show, there was this feeling that you were like really felt spent and you felt very drained, and it was a release of aggressions. I think rage shows are very different, where when you leave them, you feel... I mean, I, I know I do, even from the, from the playing aspect, you feel very energized, and you feel like confronting, or, you know, continuing the confrontation outside, outside of the club, in, you know, whether it's on the streets, or in your life, or, or you know, in, in the political arena in general. Our hunger comes from a different place, I think, than a lot of bands. A lot of bands with a, kind of like an angry street energy come from you know, they come from the streets, and when they achieve that success, it's a real mellowing kind of thing. We all, we all come from basically middle class, you know, middle class backgrounds, and so, you know, I've never been, like, deprived of food. And if I was in the position where I had a disposable income, I know that I would be using it to support causes that I think need needs supporting. You know, as long as I had, you know, my little car to drive around and, and an apartment to live in, that's the, because it, consume, consumer values are pretty much irrelevant, you know, with, within the context of a band. And so I think that, that being able to have a larger or platform to speak from would be something that would be present a responsibility that we look forward
4: to. All right, you know where you're at, man. This is the Freeform Rock Podcast. You know we rule. And uh, Charles, I got to go to you first because you picked this topic, man.
5: Oh, I did? Yeah. You sure I, did. I typically, I typically pick great shit, I have to mm. say. Uh, or not. You know, whoever went, hmm, I don't know because I don't know if it's great or not. But uh, I sure did. Um, that
4: was Jerry, I, by the way.
5: I'm not surprised. <laughs> I, I mean, part of the BS deal, <laughs> we did not want to tell people this at home. But the real deal was we had to do budget cuts due to having to uh, get Jerry a new chair. Yep. <laughs> Being I was the junior member had to go so that's just what it goes but uh anyway what we got jerry soupy i said it you right
6: you said it right and thank you man you're one of the only the ed
5: McMahon, says man ed mcmahon of the freeform rock podcast yes, and sir. F- yes sir
6: my one
5: of my favorite guests i don't know who's not my favorite guest but joe this guy here definitely is in that category mr Joseph, he knows what great Kiss albums are and what aren't. Stop. Yes. Yes, he does.
0: (laughs) Thank you very much.
6: Even Monster. Even Monster. So, yes, he does know the best. (laughs) I I give
5: everybody a pass. I give everybody a pass. At least he didn't pick fucking Hot in the Shade.
0: Oh, no. (laughs) Well, wait. At at least I didn't pussy out and pick Killers as one of my favorite Kiss albums. Exactly.
4: That was Mark
0: too. Did Bushy <laughs> Mark outdid Bushy. <laughs> <laughs> That's
5: something right there. Holy shit! I still can't get over. I can't still get over Survivor
6: being on his list and not the wall. I, I'm never going to get over that one. So you're going to uh, hear about that I, one. I'm a lot, just Mark.
4: saying Bushy always <laughs> outdoes Mark because he likes Debbie Gibson and Millie Vanilli. There you go. <laughs> so uh, anybody who likes Millie Vanilli and Debbie Gibson, uh, I think you need to get uh, some uh, paid therapy. Uh, mark
0: geez, Mark, mark just tell it to his heart
4: <laughs> first do you
5: fucking rule your musical taste is like a septic tank but man you rule dude uh, you rule. he does have good he likes ghosts he loves ghosts so he does have some yeah. good taste so. not so. very much no. <laughs> <laughs> very mark but it's so cool
4: cool dude man you don't like <laughs> extremes, so you guys are on that boat so there you go we are
5: when it, it shows a little sanity there. There you go. <laughs> but then... But, man.
4: but anyway, what I wanted to, we, we were
5: going to try to talk before Mark likes to do a thing, but we do our best bullshit in recording. And the new thing on the Facebook from Mark Alden Taylor, for the people at home that don't follow the Chronicles of Mark Alden Taylor, <laughs> is now he's the stats guy.
3: Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> that way.
5: And uh, you too, they've done is oh, more than kiss, <laughs> right? apparently. That's cool. But like I told you, Michael Jackson, Mike Drop. Don't bring up the Eagles. Don't bring up anybody else. Michael Jackson. You may not like him. He, I know Mark does. I don't know about. I know Joseph does too, right, Joe?
6: You yep, fucking love Michael Jackson, man. We all love it.
5: Okay, on the panel. But nobody will ever touch this fucking dude's sales. Ever. Not even Tay-Tay. Not well, that, even. Oh, that, that one, That one.
6: I don't know, man. That's going to be a close one at the end, I think. Worldwide,
0: though. Worldwide, she doesn't oh, yeah. have as much of a grasp worldwide as Michael did. Yeah. She's got like 200 or
5: 300 million yet to catch up. I mean, she is she's, beating... She's well, kind of like
0: Garth Brooks where she's huge in America but not as big in the rest of the world. She
5: sold one hundred twenty-five million albums in an age where we don't buy physical media. She is outsold, I think more than that, actually, because I looked it up. She's outsold all eras of Van Halen. Yeah, yep. I mean, yep. whether it's cool or not, she got I don't.
4: The Deaf Leopard status yet? 100 percent. Okay, they were pretty high. Status?
5: No, I mean, she. I'm not standing up for trying to bring up be trendy and, and for Tay Tay. I'm just saying, she's got a chance, maybe. But Michael Jackson, nobody tops that on stats.
4: Well, let me check something real quick. My my stats were based on rock and metal sales, not pop. You did "Dirty Diana." That's a fucking. But but I'm saying, if you look at those artists, number one, of course, was the Beatles. Pink Floyd was above U two. U two was 14 out of 15, and all those bands above U two, I agree, they are better than U two. Okay. Michael Jackson?
5: No, uh, or wait a minute, Michael—Michael Michael Jackson also uh, sold the Beatles. Yeah,
4: but they were talking rock and metal bands. Though.
5: Michael Jackson—he he just elevates
0: overall genres. He's Michael Jackson. Let's be honest here, Mark. We all know that the real reason that you went to stats because you were tired of hearing everybody shit all over you two, and rightfully so. Well,
4: yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I, just, honest, I, just, I I never I just, lie to you
6: guys, man. I have just found an awesome Michael Jackson stat. Since he died, his net worth, his net worth total two point four billion so far since he died. Wow! And
4: that, that, guy, was, fucking that guy was insane. going broke it's when he was alive, man. 22.
5: That's not fair. That's just fucking Mark and Bob Hay. Oh I don't yeah,
0: I mean, had the pleasure of knowing
5: Bob Hay, Joe. <laughs> but, oh,
0: I've, I've seen. I've seen enough yeah. that I've. I, I mean, I've learned that I've. I'm glad that I've not had the pleasure.
5: There you go. I okay. <laughs> you
0: guys on a YouTube episode. <laughs> just...
5: No, I'm never doing another one again on YouTube. 2 was, yeah. really? um, was really. That was painful. That was you, painful. You said yeah.
4: you liked the albums till the Joshua Tree. Okay. Well, I said that.
5: I mean, I, what? What the fuck? It doesn't mean I want to review it. I mean, you can get a bad taste in your mouth, and it can ruin your whole feel. Yeah. What do I want to talk about? Uh, New Year's Day. Yeah, that's a cool, song. I think his voice is annoying. Yeah, I do too. 100%. Well,
4: yeah, I, I don't like King Diamond, so I agree with you guys. Oh, there
0: we go. Yeah. Now, we now, are... the,
6: Ed, the Edge does have some pretty tasty guitar rules. I'll give him that much, but that's about all. I mean, He
0: used to. He's gotten so boring.
4: Nobody yeah. plays drums like Larry did. Larry has his own drum sound now. Who, Larry from the Larry.
0: Th- from the Three Stooges? What, what Larry are we talking? about? <laughs> Larry
4: Mullen Jr. You know who I'm talking about. Man. You mean the guy, the guy who's not touring with them now? Well, yeah, he, it, he's on a medical leave, but he did the video, and he's oh, okay. been in Vegas the whole time with them. So, uh, he they they said they want to do another run with Larry back in the band. The, you know, I'll he give you i
6: I'll,
4: uh, I'll give you two credit for one thing. It's a hard fucking thing
6: to do. As long as the careers they had, they had the same four guys. But other than that, I just don't. We can't get into them. You know what I mean?
4: Yeah.
6: Just
4: yeah. Aerosmith yeah, was gonna go that way, but they fucked Joey Kramer.
5: But, uh, well, did they? Aerosmith should have went. from... The, they don't need to go on the beer run with Vince Neal, but they need to go on the that retirement boat. It's over, man. Come on, dude. Yeah. I, mean, I know
6: Steve, Steven Tyler's voice is worse than
5: thought. Come man. on. Yeah.
6: Over dude, Steven
4: Tyler's voice sounded good the last three shows before he went out. Oh, whatever,
6: the, whatever damage it's done. just what I'm talking about. Oh. Come, okay, it, over, but if
5: they oh. keep, if they do keep pushing it, you about to go on that beer run boat, yeah. bus. We got Yoko, we got Sharon on there. We got uh, a <laughs> Yoko Hotley <laughs> crew with the, you know besides Vince, everybody. Else. Nikki, just put Nikki on there. Uh, but uh, and there's a retirement. Boat, and that needs to be Aerosmith. Kiss is, like, between both. They keep pushing it, you know, on that bus. Yeah. This Vince will walk away and whatever. But, uh, anyway, man, I mean, no, I don't hate you two to the point, but it's that I get attacked because I don't, like, see the brilliance of them, not by you, right. Mark. Yeah, if I know not know-
4: by me, and I, I, no, I, I get not- on him for that shit. That's the same
6: thing with Rush fans. They're the same. If I don't love Rush, man, I hear it all the fucking time. Do you I fucking
4: I mean? bitch at you? No, don't put us all in that boat, man. Hey, Jer- Gary, how do
0: you say his last name? Hey. Mine? Mine? No, no, uh, the drummer of Rush. Pert. Pert! Pert. Don't give a fuck what you say. <laughs> I don't
4: care, I think it's funny.
5: <laughs> well, but, hey, to be fair, though, he kept calling Scott Weiland, Wheeland, and I was like, Yeah! <laughs> so I get
4: that. I, and you know, I love Scott, man. We haven't done a fucking STP album, man. It needs a fucking change.
5: Most underrated singers of all time.
4: I, know, I agree. I agree. Totally. Even though,
5: uh, I don't know. I was listening to a little Velvet Revolver today, and it was, uh, eh, really. You know what I mean?
4: I love yeah. it, dude. I love both those albums. The first one's better. So far superior. Well,
5: Matt Solom was better on that shit. Oh yeah, I would say I. Hey, I don't give a fuck. We all love picking on Matt Sorum, except for Mark. And
4: I, I said he's better without guns. And, he's he was great on that Colt album. I man. can guarantee I you,
5: but I can guarantee you this one, and I'll go to the day I die on this one. Steven Adler could not have played on you could be you could be mine. No, that was the best fucking drumming. Mark, uh, not Mark. Uh, what's his name? Dipshit. Matt Sorum. Matt Sorum. Matt Sorum did on the the illusions,
0: and I don't. It was the only song where he actually had a groove.
5: Yes, I don't think Adler has that power to his playing. It's like a Peter Chris kind of feel to it, and and that was the only one. Yeah, but you know, I still say I kind of blame Axel. I think Axel just told him what to play.
4: That's what I was just about to say. Why does he sound groovy on other stuff like Velvet Revolver? Does he the Col- yeah, the Colt has a good groove to them. But when he's with Guns N' Roses, like everybody says, he sounds like a machine, and I agree with that assessment. I don't I mean, know.
0: We all yeah. talked about, a couple of days ago, how much we all really enjoy Chinese democracy. You listen to that album, that could have been... Those could have been any players. It, he made all of the people who came into guns N' roses so robotic i mean yeah what i'm saying i'm like you, you have some amazing you have buckethead you have bumblefoot you have so many amazing people coming through guns N' roses in the late 90s mid 2000s and they all sound completely interchangeable when they're in guns N' roses and you look at anything they've done how you look at buckethead solo stuff you look at bumblefoot playing with sons of apollo i mean it's night and day yes that's what I'm
5: saying. I think Storm gets a little too much hate. Yes. Like, I mean, when you can <sighs> pick, when what you can that? pick apart a drummer, you can zoom tight. Uh, you can pick a drummer apart for being sounds too perfect, like a drum machine. Mm-hmm. That means the dude is very, very, very good. hmm It's just I know we're in the rock. I'm a punkish fan kind of, so I like sloppy shit, but. I mean, he's definitely fucking good. I think fucking Axel told him what to play and how to play. Yep. That's what I believe. But on you could be mine. I don't care. I mean, that might be the one track that I can guarantee you Adler could not have played the way Sorum was playing.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: That's just the way it is. It needed that robotic, that that fucking... Dude's a time machine. He's almost yeah. it, they call him the human drum machine, but he can fucking play. I don't care what anybody says, but you know, it's like putting Richie Katz in the poison.
0: Yeah. Ruins it. It ruins yeah. it. He's a yeah. better player, but it ruins the fucking band. Oh yeah. But what you were saying earlier about Scott Wyland, I think one of the reasons that he's such an underrated vocalist is because of the bands that they were surrounded by. I mean I love Scott Wyland as a vocalist, but he is not Lane Staley. He is not Chris Cornell. And I think that is one of the reasons that people don't talk about Scott Wyland as much, is just because STP was sort of the overlooked younger brother of the rest of that era of bands.
4: But they weren't grunge.
0: Okay. I've, I've, I've had this conversation before grunge is the dumbest musical label in history thank you there is no thank such you. thing as a grunge oh, band
4: thank you i consider Allison it all rock Chains, and roll like billy Joel, Soundgarden,
0: nirvana pearl jam stp they all had a very unique sound no two That's of those bands fun. sounded alike exactly right you're correct so but like those are the five bands that people generally think of as like well there is bands. a big
5: four but there is a big four yes grunge. There's a joke. big four,
0: and STP is kind of like the fifth one out.
5: Yeah, yeah, but so, yeah, kind
0: of like an overly young brother. Yeah,
5: it was unfair because they obviously made core yeah. around the same time all these other grunge albums were made, and I, I maybe they went and heard that shit, but I really doubt it. I think it was yeah. just a very unfortunate,
4: yeah, time period. The DeLorean brothers the- are geniuses. I'm just saying that.
5: Well, we missed it on that fucking Black Crows versus the SDP, which the Black Crows album was be- better by one song. Uh, the DeLeo brothers were influenced by like ragtime jazz and shit. Yeah. They, I mean, you listen to those fucking chords and stuff that Jerry pointed out, and he's, you're right, Jerry. But that's because it's like a jazzy ragtime yeah. kind of thing, and it's different. But it was all because. To be fair, Wyland did sound a little like Eddie Vedder
0: on um, yeah. album. And a lot of the big songs that they were known for, I mean, you look at Interstate Love Song, Dead and Bloated, Plush, they were very kind of of the time sounding songs. But
4: his voice you, had a you
0: uniqueness look, to yeah. it. Yeah. It did. It, it did. did. That's, but you that's, look, that's, that's what the most surprising thing when I
6: listened to Purple when we did that album battle was, album battle was the fact. How that album sounded a little dated,
5: in my opinion. Yeah, it's... I agree. I agree. Yeah,
0: and and you, you look deeper Black into. Crows. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, you look. I mean, it's look it's deeper into their discography.
5: Well, look at the Black Crows, Joseph. I mean, they were doing blues rock. Yeah, right. Yeah. I know, Mark, you're a fucking aficionado, and probably Jerry. So I'm just saying it as I was a casual Black Crows type of dude. And I really liked that Amorica album, and in <laughs> nobody was really talking about that album. But they were talking about Purple,
7: mm-hmm.
5: oh, Vaseline blew up, and all that yep. shit, yep. but I agree with Jerry. It, it does sound dated, where the Black Crows, who was already doing a dated fucking style of music, it sounded more fresh. I agree. The,
4: the thing is, when the Black Crows came out, you had all these, and they, Black Crows are playing Aerosmith, fucking Rolling Stone shit that none of these other bands are playing. They stood out, and people were hungry for this back then because we but were it, tired of was, hearing this fucking grungy fucking but what, or hair well, metal shit. You know, we wanted to hear something authentic, and the Black it, Crows bought, uh, it, brought that back then.
0: It's so sad. It wasn't promoted, it, and and to no. be fair. As as dated as STP might sound, you still hear a ton more about STP today than you ever hear about the Black Crows. Not anymore. You'll still hear you'll still hear a good amount of STP on the radio. You'll maybe hear oh. she talks yeah. to angels and hard to handle. I every hear now A and lot time. of
4: Black Crows on the um, I
0: hear next to none. Well,
4: because I hear, you're in a kicks area, everybody plays. Well,
0: kicks. not even that. No Jack's But there. like you listen to. <laughs> he uh, is. A ra- I am, I know but you listen to a radio station that plays a decent mix of stuff, you'll hear probably more STP than you will Black Crows.
4: Well, Black Crows are a much better band, that's just well, my opinion. I
0: hear Dead
5: and Bloated on that rock radio station yeah. I was at all the time. I hear, I'll,
0: I hear Plush, I'll hear Vaseline, I'll yeah. hear... Oh, oh. Back in Black-
4: that time, Joseph, I don't think you were there, or you weren't old enough to remember. I just remember mtv premiering the fucking uh you know the second album the yeah fuck, they promoted really? one chick uh, and they promoted yeah. it the black crows were huge just as huge as stp back then and they were played all those videos from the black crows I, I and the stp were played not. over and over and not. over
0: but what that i'm saying is st- as far as standing the test of time you don't hear nearly as much about the Black Crows now as you would about STP or something like that. Well the Black Crows
4: play headlining shows selling out arenas still.
0: Well STP got Scott what?
4: dead, so STP uh, what? Black Crows sold out the forum. Okay, I saw That's them a sex- with Dirty Money opening. Point. But STP because Scott is dead, is playing clubs and opening up for Smashing Ew. Pumpkins. Ew. There you go.
5: Dude, dude, come on. Don't rewrite history.
4: I'm telling you what's <laughs> happening now. Right STP right don't rewrite history. Do not do that. Me. Of hey, all people. Did the black did all... STP play with fucking Jimmy Page? Go ahead. First of all. Not
0: even first... remotely the same style of music.
5: STP didn't play with Oasis. Black Crows did. Uh the uh because it was the tour of brotherly love because they don't get along either.
4: That went down. Uh, it didn't uh, even go, did it?
5: Yes, it went. Uh they played uh, the pavilions. They played the, uh, you know, the... The sheds. Irvine. They played Irvine.
4: They played the sheds. That's what they're called.
5: Five Plays. They played, yeah, they played Blossom. And, they, you know, the amphitheaters. Yeah. Dude, come on. Come on. First of all, right now, the Forum is a secondary arena in your area. No, it, it isn't.
4: Is. It it's get, it's gets fits. all the big people that play. The, you know, shows, gonna be a the Eagles staff. are playing there. Two days. It's gonna be
5: Staples Center or SoFi? You know this.
4: Well, SoFi is a horrible place to see any fucking show. The sound, I see, been there twice. The sound is fucking horrible. There's horrible acoustics in black there. The Black Crows.
5: The Black Crows. You know when you get all like in your Tesla fucking your panties are in a wad but nobody thinks <laughs> they're the greatest rock band of all time? I
4: never get my panties in a wad. I just think you guys are wrong, get, but enjoy your opinions. You man.
5: should be mad more about the, like the Black Crows or better than Tesla. No. I, yes. I think I think they are as well. Yeah. Yes. No. Chris uh, Robinson can blow that dude away on those vocals. Well, well,
4: yeah, I agree with that. But you got fucking Frank Hannon.
5: Yeah, but that uh, his brother on that guitar and the Black Crows ain't nothing to sneeze and at. He got,
4: uh, well, he didn't play the good leads. It was the, who was the other guitarist, Jerry? Tommy skitch No, uh, in the Black Crows, the guy's not in there anymore. Oh, Mark Ford. Mark Ford. He played all the tasty leads.
5: Well, it doesn't matter. They were The better other guy people.
4: was Rhythm, dude. Now he plays leads because he has to.
5: <laughs> I mean, Grunge killed off Tesla. They killed off Nelson. They killed off Ugly Grunge Kid Joe. Kill
4: Tesla killed themselves.
5: Whether you like the name Grunge, nobody in 1993, 94 wanted to go see them. They wanted to see Alice in Chains. They wanted to see fucking Soundgarden nirvana it's just the way it
4: was, it was. i mean you got, got ridiculed you like, like, I mean, got I, ridiculed like i've said many times before i didn't know there was a division between grunge and rock back then i was buying the warrant doggy dog i was buying nirvana i was buying extreme Ooh. i was buying Dude, buying great brought, white i was you buying brought, all this shit.
5: you just brought up warrant jamie lane is on a video record interview he was like, when Cherry Pie was out at Geffen, our poster was all over the wall. And not, whatever fucking place he was at. And then <laughs> whatever, the next, it was a grunge band. Hit, and Chains. And he went there and was like, we were dead. It was over. It was nobody Alice and Chains that was on the wall. Because they wiped that clear out that, that bullshit. Music. And they made you their
4: look, fucking best what? album ever with Doggy Dog, which wasn't fucking hair metal. And nobody bought it i didn't i bought that and fucking nirvana and Alice in chains at the same time
5: well then you rule on that end but i'm just saying it's all about what it just it killed it man i mean your trickster went to the rib houses dude
4: l- i'm listen, sorry l- listen here linda i was <laughs> not, never I'm into so trickster hard. when they came out you know when i got yep. into trickster i'll tell you <laughs> when i got into trickster four years ago I don't like that first album, but the other albums are pretty t- tasty. They're not one of my favorite yeah. bands, but I do listen to them here and there. Dude, I thought I thought, no, I thought, I heard no
6: difference between their first album and their other. Oh, albums. Oh, dude, dude that
4: last album they made was fucking amazing. The drum work on that, is so good.
6: The singer sucks. He reminds me of that guy from Firehouse. I can't stand either one of those two. I boys. love, oh, love, love CJ Snare. <laughs> Ugh, go, please, I have to go
4: please, sit through them. You know in what, a Jerry? Weeks. Shut the front door on this shit. <laughs> so <laughs> what do you think
5: about firehouse do you sit around and listen to that a lot?
0: no no my mom really <laughs> likes them, uh, we've, I've, seen yeah, exactly. them live. I've seen them live a couple times. They're not bad, but uh yeah. I-, I would never go out of my way to listen to it or pay to see it live Does you know, your right? mom also like high enough by damn Yankees? She certainly does Rules I'll tell you so, what. You know what her two favorite songs are high enough by the damn Yankees and never let you go by steel heart. That's Ooh, right where like you're at. at hey, time out, time out, time out, time out. Your mom. Now that's agree.
5: a now that's a singer. I that's love a singer. That steel heart song. I, don't I love care. it too. I love that I song. Love it. That dude is one of the greatest singers in the history of fucking rock. Are you guys? I agree. In, are
4: you guys transitioning now? Like you tell me all the time. I'm just no. <laughs> okay. No, I
5: stand when I pee, but I know. <laughs> I, when I, I, no, Charles
4: I, is, Charles has always said that, and so have I. I've heard
5: yes. Before. I like the other one too The lady I like it That dude can sing Talent fucking shines through man I don't give a fuck If people are like Oh that's lame well, Damn, fuck
4: dude. Tommy Shaw Jack Blades that, so that, that, Blade. that dude can sing That's not talent
5: That dude can out sing both of them
4: No Tommy and, Shaw can out sing everyone yes.
5: No Tommy no. Shaw,
0: And, and I, love Tom, I love Tommy
4: Shaw and I But don't can that, that dude do it live Like Tommy
0: Yes, yes I yes, witnessed yes, it. I saw them live yes. he
4: did it. Well, then... Golf
0: clap.
5: <laughs> Paul Rogers is a better singer than Tommy Rogers. Oh, that Tom- new
4: Paul Rogers solo is fucking amazing.
5: Your boy from Foreigner that you sit up and get little semi-chubs over, he could out-sing
4: fucking... I want to hear... No, 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 no. Tommy Shaw and Lou Grammer on top for me. And then Steve Perry... Oh, top. Top. They, Steve Perry... Fucking when Steve Perry had those fucking pipes. Fucking just amazing fucking singers. And fucking, I love Jack Blades. and I know he's not the best singer, but the guy just has a groove to his voice that I fucking love. He just has that, that attitude. Well,
5: fucking I'll tell words. you, he is better than Sharon. I'll give him that one.
4: Oh, God. <laughs> give him that one. He's hey, better than him. Joseph, didn't you see Extreme Live? I did. How were they? Awful. <laughs> When did you see them?
0: Uh 3 or f- right right before covid. Okay, so they might be better now. No, uh, well, everyone. I was I was supposed to see them this year and then Nuno broke his ankle on the cruise. Oh. He, I I'm seeing them in February. So,
5: maybe so. It, unless Riri goes on the tour. Uh-huh. God. that.
4: That's
0: sick. Yeah, no, no, Extreme was awful. Absolutely atrocious.
4: Really? Cuz I I've seen live, I have live concerts by them and they're really good, dude.
0: Well, I hate really? their music, so why would I think they were good live? Huh? I hate their music, so why would I think they were good oh, live? Oh, that
4: makes sense! <laughs> that may, but, but you yeah, anyway, guitar but, solos weren't good, at least? I,
0: I I don't like his style. I really don't. You don't? Oh, okay. That may, no. right,
4: you know what? That's cool, man. Everybody but has dude, opinions.
5: But, dude! I mean, even so, it's like, it's the same argument about Vito Brada. I mean, he could play. Yeah! But the songs are lame. <sighs> better! I mean I like their Radar Love cover.
4: That's the best oh, I, I think like that's, that better uh, than the original. I hate I their version too. of Radar Love. I do. I do. Thank I do. you. The drumming is better. <laughs> the original is well, better. Not Mark,
5: Steve. we can be on one or two things. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I I'm,
6: actually, I, I actually I, like that big game album actually, to be honest with you. I don't hey, like but the but you're, first talking,
4: album. you're talking about people in arenas. I just saw Ringo Star a few weeks ago and they had the top level curtained off, which Jerry pointed out to me. I did notice that, but he was so good, he was so good how Ringo... That surprised me. How Ringo, like, left the stage and let them fucking, like, get the spotlight, man. Doesn't
5: surprise me, because much as I love Ringo, underrated drummer, it would be the same if George Harrison was alive. The Beatles were Lennon and McCartney.
6: I won't argue that point. I just I think George Harrison's uh, the my now, is I the saw, But I I heard, I heard that too.
5: So yeah. Yeah. I, when I, I saw Paul, T-Mobile Arena in Vegas, there wasn't nothing fucking curtained off except right behind the stage. So big ass fucking giant arena, and he can do stadiums because he's Paul McCartney.
4: Yep.
5: And Ringo, I mean, I dig him, but what what great song he wrote.
4: Yeah, but he had like uh, Steve Luthicker up there and Edgar. Yeah, had. Man, like,
5: no Edgar doubt. Edgar but... Winter
4: was fucking amazing. And what, Greg? Dude, I can't say his last name. I got bitched at last time. This there you go.
5: With David Lee Ross, man. Uh, mm-hmm. They always play. Uh, Ringo's always played smaller venues, and I mean that's kind of sucks. But at least you got to see him. Probably got good views, and that's cool. He's still fucking Ringo.
4: Yeah, I want to go. But... I have one criticism about that show. Steve Lutheker, when he tried, he was singing some of the Toto songs, but they had this uh, keyboard player who would do all his high notes for him because his voice was breaking up to sing in the regular verses. And then the other guy would come in and go, hold the line. I go, thank God. (laughs) Uh, Steve was uh, horrible at lead vocals, man. Yeah, because that's Bobby (laughs) Kimball. He didn't sing
5: great. He didn't sing lead vocals. I mean... Hold oh, the line is my favorite Toto song, so that would rule. Is Steve Lucas still with Toto.
4: Yes, they're touring yeah. with uh, Journey again. Journey.
6: Uh, so he's doing the Ringo Star thing. Was that just a one-off?
4: No, he's been in there
6: for years, dude. Yeah. I'm
0: say he's doing both those tours at the it's, same time. R- ringo doesn't. I don't think Ringo plays as many shows. Yeah,
4: that's true. Ringo is going on hiatus. while Journey and uh, Toto's going yeah. out again?
0: Yeah, uh, it was, it was R- the ringo is a very kind of like. He, he plays every now and then kind of whenever his band is free was the men at
5: work dude there
0: oh yeah that was awesome dude he was the best singer hey, in there
5: Colin and cool and uh yeah it's yeah. cool but it's not i don't mean any disrespect my man but i mean if like len was alive he'd be fucking doing huge shows mccartney yeah, i agree this 100%. is the way george would be in the like between those, he probably got like theaters,
6: mess. theaters like thousand seats theaters. Yeah, right. or, or
5: amphitheaters, or whatever. And sure. Paul's, yeah, Paul could be like like he did in Houston. Uh, I'm bored. I want to do Minute May Park and sell it out. You know, I mean, just in a month's notice. That's Paul. No, he's on a Rolling Stones level, whatever. But yeah, man, I'm glad you got to see old Ring. I haven't seen him so.
4: Dude, my wife I, cried because she finally got to see a Beatle live.
5: Well, that's a damn shame. You should have taken her to see Paul. You well, know, she, cheap.
4: we didn't have the money when that happened, but uh, I've seen Paul, and I've seen Ringo now, so. I'll never yeah. get to see John. You know, as, I'll never as, get to as, see as, George. Has Paul, as Paul officially packed it in, or is he still No. no he's going to go.
5: L, no. No. And uh, that was like, this, I don't like to bring up religion on our show, but as far as music goes, that was as close to a religious experience as I ever had with seeing that guy.
4: I agree with you, but it's funny. When I saw him on the Flowers in the hey. Dirt tour back there, and I think it was Thanksgiving, he played. And uh, Rick, it's like, dude, it sucked. He played Ebony and Ivory, and the whole arena cleared out to go to the restroom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've never well, I mean, seen that in my life.
5: <laughs> the the way the fucked up part when I seen him was he was like Yeah. Uh I noticed when I play these Beatles and Wind songs that I just see phones everywhere. But when I did my new songs, I just nobody cares. So here's a new song. like <laughs> God damn it. He played like too many new songs. it wasn't a lot, but he played too many. I would have been like, Yeah, man, I played fucking Fucking uh, old SIAM, sir. Go deep in the fucking shit. I mean, he did let it go. That ruled. But I mean, it was still, yeah, but it was great. and It was phenomenal and it was awesome. And I agree with Jerry, uh, Roger Waters. Tops them all. I saw the wall tour. I don't think anything ever topped that as far as technological. You too suck on Roger.
6: Dude, Waters. Can you imagine a Roger Waters show in that fucking dome? Holy shit. Jerry,
5: Jerry what did yeah. I
4: say? I mean, I, you did say that. I hear I'm just saying. Can I you said if I'd Rush just... or Pink Floyd were in that spear, they would probably put on, even a Grateful Dead, and I hate the fucking Grateful Dead, would probably put on a great visual spectacular, dude. And my friend, who I showed videos of the U2, said, man, I want to go there and drop some acid. Just think if Pink Floyd was there. Dude, everybody, there'd be fucking ambulances everywhere taking these or, people over 50 fucking passing out.
5: Or the shags. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Jerry was kind so anyway, of bullshitting, right? Yeah, yeah let's, not, get, we,
0: let's get to the main uh, attraction. Yeah, one one last, thing Go Go ahead, ahead, last thing I want to say. Go ahead, That's the thing I love about seeing live concerts is the range of different venues and stuff. I mean... Next Saturday, I'm going to see Steve Hackett play at 250 people in this tiny little theater, and watching him, what? watching him do foxtrot and it's full the full foxtrot album. Oh uh, fuck yeah! And then I just bought tickets yesterday for next July to go see the Foo Fighters in like a 30,000 seat stadium, and it's I love being able to see bands in different kind of venues. Like I said, my favorite, my, one of the things I love about being so local for kicks was. I saw Kix's final show headline in a 15,000 seat sold out Meriwether Post Pavilion. I also saw Kix 10 feet from the stage playing to 200 people at an ambulance hall. Like, I, cool. I, that, I That is just... That's what I love so much about live music. You, that Just being able to see different venues and artists in like different spaces.
4: You had some well, well, freeform well, rock well, podcast group members at that same show, dude. I'm surprised you didn't hook yeah. up, man.
5: Well, let me rebut right. three things to that. First of all, I get the reputation that I only respect stadium acts. So that's not true. I think it's cool if you can get up and close and personal. So, Mark on Taylor should go to the swap meet.
4: Well, I've already got my friends buying tickets. He called me last night. My friend Richard Alvarado and uh, Daniel Herbert said, hey, you want to go to see Blue Oyster Cult to swap meet? I go, fucking yeah. <laughs> get me tickets. So, there you go. Right. I will it was, be
5: it it'll just be two so the second thought is joseph you say that and that's cool until you saw keelfest
0: oh, geez. oh see, uh, see, see see charles i think it depends on the artist that you're seeing <laughs> no, I, you have to still be seeing good artists <laughs> hey, hey i saw hey don't blame I, rick I, fox for
4: that shit rick fox rules
5: Thank i you. didn't blame him i didn't say he was just getting paid i saw donny iris at a at a mall that's cool did, uh, he did "Aaliyah" and "Love Is Like a Rock" and Joe. And I know Jerry knows them fucking shit, the man. Tiffany that dude, circuit. that
6: dude's like, that dude's like almost eighty. And he can still
0: hit this
5: yeah. fucking. But yeah. I like he
4: played the yeah. Tiffany circuit. He's he's awesome. I love he, him.
5: Yeah, well he opened our mall because <laughs> of some reason that I don't want to get into. But I don't care. It was like, yeah, he's playing "Aaliyah." That song rules, man. Yeah, was,
6: yeah,
5: freaking amazing song yeah, yeah dude fine. for free yeah that it's like this is cool so i get that so no i ain't just for i just like making fun of mark because he loves the rib joint fucking bands and guns and roses well, rules i'm either. going
4: to see the swap meet yeah. circuits uh on the hey, I'm, I'm gonna go see pat travers at a beer fest next month nice so, look at nice. travers this. rules yeah I, that's where I got my snorting uh, booze uh, videos from. We,
5: uh, let's not relive that. I don't want to become Lee part lose my shit.
4: <laughs> all right, man. Well, let's get into our main topic. Why are we here, Charles? Well, I thought
5: I don't know why I picked this fucking shit. To be honest with you, but I just thought, have you guys done this band
4: before? Mark? No. At I don't all. think Lee would have picked it. I would have picked it. Spoiler alert. I picked.
5: A band called Rage Against the Machine, and I picked the debut album, and it just came to my head, like, let's just do fucking Rage Against the Machine, why not? I think the thought came to me because, spoiler alert, I don't really like this band's politics. Like, very little.
4: Oh, I agree with you.
5: However, we didn't, not too long ago, we did The Nuge. Who I might jive a little bit with politically. Not 100%, but a little. But let's just listen to the fucking music and fuck the politics, right? That's the way I see it. Yeah, they were like
6: big supporters of that Che
5: Guerrero guy or whatever. Yeah, fuck Che. Fuck Che. But like I said, it came to my mind like we already... I mean, the only other person I could think of, well, two, would have been John Lennon and Roger Waters that they're on the opposite end of the nuge.
4: Rage, oh, John Lennon would have changed by the time he Waters, got over. You never know. Know. Roger, Wa- Roger Waters, man, he is out there.
5: But rage. <laughs> they're calling him the a Nazi now. Yeah. yeah I don't well, think he
4: minds it. I don't think he minds it either. Well, he, no. does. he does. He's bitching about it. I don't about know it. about that. He's bitching know. about
5: rage, rage Against the Machine, it blew my mind because, you know, back in 1992 say this and I have to throw this out there as far as being a rock and or metal fan the years of 1991 and 92 were the greatest years ever and if nobody believes me look at the lineup for the VMAs of 1992 look at it the only hip hop artist was Ice-T standing on the stage didn't Van Hagar open that show I don't. Yeah, but wasn't that
4: where the 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 bass player like sat up and got arrested?
5: No, no, no. That's two thousand. We're we're jumping ahead. Nineteen ninety two. You had and Vogue opened with "Free Your Mind," hmm. which was a rocking song, and those were yeah. some <sighs> chicks. Too. Mm-hmm. Um And you had Michael Jackson, but rest of it, even your precious you 2 played. From that show, Garth. Oh
4: Jesus, that was awesome!
5: He uh, played the drums with him on the real thing, but everything was rock and or metal on that show. You had Nirvana, you had the Black crows you had uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, you had Guns and Roses with Elton John playing piano and Kirk Cobain spinning on the piano. The wrong one. It was like the greatest years, 92. The one in 93, it was like our music, ours, the ones we love, was the biggest thing on the planet, period. But this came out in November of 92, and it was like, whoa, this is completely different from anything I've ever heard, really. And to be fair, I didn't really like jump on board when it came out, but I knew of them. But again, the main thought was, hmm, we did Nugent, he gets attacked for his stances in life on one end of the aisle, this is somebody that represents the whole other end of the aisle, is it good enough to do what I say that people should do with Nugent and just listen to fucking music, or not? And that was the thought behind this episode.
6: Was that VMAs the, the one where Chris Novoselic knocked himself out of his basement?
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was. They <laughs> Yeah, that's right.
6: That
3: guy
4: sucks. I'm sorry.
5: He might, but it don't matter. They were still a huge fan.
4: Yeah. Oh, was man. That was funny.
5: Because this album came out in November of 92. The Rage Against the Machine debut self-titled album and talk about a cover with that poor vietnamese monk burning himself to death i don't know what else to say about it but go ahead mark you're the
4: oh well, you already said everything i wanted to say i was just gonna say this is produced by uh gg garth who uh produced like the chili peppers and a lot of bands we like and engineered a lot of the bands we liked so it's pretty fucking cool but uh it was recorded in Sound City, which is a defunct studio now. That Dave Grohl did a, a documentary on. It's pretty cool. Doc
5: it. Great doc.
4: He owns that Sound bar, board, not bard. board that uh, Fleetwood Mac recorded. Rumors on Nirvana recorded what? Never mind. There. Yep. Yeah, a lot of great albums were recorded for Tom Petty, Damn Torpedoes. It. You know. Appetite. Uh, Appetite was recorded there. This is a fucking studio that should have never gone away, man. Fucking A, there's so many classic albums from there, and at least Dave Grohl saved the soundboard, and that's why he records on tape. So, uh, if you want to hear non-digital recordings, listen to the Foo Fighters albums. fucking really cool. But, uh, let's get into this album shall we uh hold on
5: well everybody else
4: oh yeah uh, let's let's start with uh jerry how did you get into race <laughs> did you get into uh,
6: or not first of all i want to say me and charles agree on probably 90 percent of yeah. things maybe a little higher yeah I, i'm just going to leave that there for that but you know i was always bitter at this band bitter because they're part of the reasons why I don't play in bands anymore because they took my music away, fuckers. I'm just kidding. But uh, um, they were huge, all right? I don't deny it. And they were very, what do you call it, rebellious, no matter which end of the, the, the political spectrum you look at. Um, I don't agree with a lot of their politics, but like Charles said, let's concentrate on the music, of course. Um, I will say that there's one very, very fucking thing about this band that rocks, and I'll bring that up when we get to the songs. But I just... I don't know, I man. I think I missed the train on these guys to be perfectly honest with you. But we'll we'll see how the review goes.
4: Uh Joseph.
0: Oh yeah, no. This is I mean I got I, I can't pinpoint exactly when I would have gotten into this band, but I mean particularly this album. I'm not I'm not huge on a lot of the rest of their stuff, but I really, really like this album. Spoiler alert for when we'll get into song by song. But I think musically they are really, really good. I completely disagree with their politics. <laughs> I think that a, a, a famous Ralph Vieira line in, in regards to this band, if you don't want our comp- if you don't want our capitalist money, get the fuck out of our country. I agree with um, you. it's I, I hate their politics, but I think they're really, really talented musicians. I mean, to the point where after they broke up, the other th- the three mu- the three instrumentalists would form Audio Slave with Chris Cornell. And I love that first Audio Slave album. Love that um,
5: too. I love them all.
0: I'm not, I'm not huge on the later stuff, but I really love that first one. Um, but I think the musicianship wise, I think they're extremely talented. Politically, I think I don't agree with very much of anything they say. There's one song where I can kind of get behind the sentiment a little bit, but other than that. I'm, I'm not big on lyrically. I do, I do like, um, Zach's kind of vocal flow and we'll get into that song by song, but overall, kind of what Charles said about just enjoying the music. That's kind of what I do with particularly this album. Um, I, I really enjoy the music and we'll get into it track by track, but yeah.
4: Yeah. It's, uh, Mark Golden Taylor. You know how I love lyrics, right? It's like, I like Zach's vocal delivery. I like his rap, talk, whatever. Spoiler alert. But I don't listen to the lyrics on on this shit because I don't want to hear them. Because mm-hmm. I don't like Che. I don't like a murderer. I agree with Ralph Fierre on that. That guy's a motherfucker who begged. He fucking shot a fucking son in front of oh, my I, dad. And, I do too. And Agreed. shot him. And, and, and the dad was begging for his son's life. He shot the fucking son in front of his dad and then shot the dad right after before, so he could see his son being shot. And then that motherfucker, like, he gets caught. He's begging for his life, like those people who did to him before, and they shot his ass. So good riddance, fucking Che Guevara. You fucking suck. And I don't know why they like this shit. The guy was an asshole, but that- I don't get it either. I don't get it. I don't get progressive politics at I all. I it, really don't. I don't. Putting I don't that mean. aside... But... Oh, go ahead, Mark. The music is fucking... You, you go last, man. Come on. Let oh, me get my thing going. Uh, the, putting oh, that aside, the fucking music and Zach's vocal delivery is, spoiler, amazing to me. Charles, man, what are your thoughts?
5: Well, I already did mine, but I will... I've got a little quick rebuttal. Much like a band that... The rest of the world except for Mark Alden Taylor and a couple of dudes don't like like ghosts, like I'm always amazed at how they predict weird things that happened. Right. This was about nineteen ninety two. And at the time, and I'll get into it in some songs, I was kinda like, Why are these dudes so angry? That's how I felt. At the time like what the fuck is the problem here I don't know it it, was they almost had a way of predicting the future ie Patriot Act um we'll find out but I mean it's weird I don't agree with a lot of their stuff but yet they had a way of kind of predicting some things that may happen and it did so that's weird too but that's why I don't get too involved with their politics It's about the music, always. I do wish, as much as I love my Uncle Ted, shut the fuck up and just play some songs.
6: Well, I'll say this about Ted. Uh, Up until recently, he's been political in his lyrics. But his 70s and 80s stuff, it's all about fucking and sex, man. That's all it's all
5: about. Yeah. I, I get you. But they started right off the rip with, like, some shit that... Yeah, I agree. That myself, basically everybody on this panel would probably not think about. And that's about all I got to say, so let's get into the album.
4: Well, but I, I just want to know real quick, MVP and uh, least valuable player in Rage, uh, Joseph?
0: MVP, definitely Tim Comerford. I think his bass is extremely underrated. I think he has some, especially on this album, has some amazing bass riffs. Um, I, I don't even know if I definitely have a, like a least valuable player uh, I think just by process of elimination, I guess Brad Wilk. Um, but I still think he has some really good drums throughout this album. I don't think there's a standout like there is in some other bands for the least valuable player.
4: What about you, Jerry? I, you know, I was going to say, you
6: know, later on, I was going to say the really, really great thing about Rage Against the Machine is it's Tim Commerford. That guy can fucking play some bass, dude. Dude is awesome. Um, least valuable player, and you guys are probably going to shit on me for it. I cannot stand that motherfucker's voice, Zach Rocha He fucking irks me to death, man. I cannot stand his voice. So uh <laughs> it got kind of quiet there, huh?
3: Right. Well,
6: I <laughs> I, get, I, stand. I, get it. I get it. I get it. And Tom Morrell is a very, very overrated guitar player. His wrists oh. are simple, simple, oh. and un- simple and annoying. Actually, That's why you don't
4: like you too. He uses effects like the Edge, man.
0: He uses fucking too much wah and fucking... I think his solos are great, though. He uses everything
4: in the fucking kitchen sink, dude. Uh, uh, I'd rather hear the kitchen sink. uh, But,
6: you know, like I said, I agree with 90, maybe more percent, you know, maybe more higher with Charles. But uh, I kind of disagree on this one with him. But
5: uh, but we don't know yet.
4: Yeah. That's Uh, true. I could be lying. That's true. (laughs) I disagree with uh, Joseph. I think Brad Wilk is the MVP of this band. That guy is fucking playing his ass off, and I'll tell you why when we get into the review. But my least valuable player is because he wrote the lyrics. Basically, is Zach De La Rocha. Oh. But, uh, but I like his voice. I like the way he sings. I like the Did way he, he write, raps and talks. I'm, so, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry, but didn't he write most of the songs on this album? Zach. No,
5: the lyrics.
4: Just the lyrics? The lyrics. Okay. Got the the lyrics. So I go for Zach De La Rocha. Uh, star Charles
5: most valuable, I think it's a tie. I think Comerford is a great musician, overlooked. But I'm going to have to break the little chain there with Jerry. Even though I, th- I agree, I've like played Rage Against the Machine riffs. They're very easy. But there's something about Tom Morello and the work he does with those pedals. It's pretty incredible, and and I probably explain more why I think he's. I, I know he's playing simple shit, Jerry.
6: And sometimes but, a fucking A chord sounds better than playing a million miles an hour. Million miles an hour, I get that, but it just
5: didn't joke with me. I know, but the things he can do with these pedals is fantastic, and that's what people who don't play guitar would be like. Oh, he's fucking phenomenal. Well, he, maybe, but not for the reason they think. And I'll go with Brad Wilk is my least valuable, even though I think his drumming is pretty decent. I I think this is a good band.
4: Was it because he played on Black Sabbath 13? No, <laughs> I just
5: think this, this is a good band. I mean, I don't like... Oh, the shit, MVP. that is him, isn't it? That is him, isn't it? It yeah.
6: is not it Yes,
5: yeah. I don't like the MVP, least valuable shit, because, I mean, I'll do it, but it's like... I think musically this is a good band. Yeah. So... Rocha I mean every time I hear him sing I think about degeneration X sure, yeah. <laughs> he and Jerry and probably Joseph yep um because they straight ripped off
0: fucking. 100 percent
5: but uh I don't I don't hate the sound of his voice and even though I may or may not agree I think these lyrics make you think typically Whichever. so I'm gonna go with the drummer but I think he's a pretty good drummer but he made the greatest drummer i ever heard so and there you go
4: well i'm going to tell you why later in the review why i like him so much but uh, let's get to uh the first track bomb track with charles picked <laughs> so here's bomb track on the freeform rock podcast <laughs> P. Charles.
5: Yeah, Bombsmith. I mean
4: the riffs
5: on this song were uh, supplied by the bassist Tim Comerford. Also this song was featured in one of my favorite movies and nobody talks near enough about, Natural Born Killers, when he broke Mallory out of the cell. It was fucking awesome. To me, this track is a perfect marriage of funk, metal, and hip-hop rolled into one. When people say, hey man, Limp biscuit,"
7: <laughs>
5: um, listen to Rage. You're going to get a far better time, and most importantly, better music, than from those fucking tools. And uh, you can bob your head to this shit right here. This is Rebellion, flat out on this track. It absolutely rules. Great opener to the album, man. Fuck politics. This band rocks.
4: Bushy and Scribble, you were called out by Charles right there with Olympus <laughs> Ah, uh, but I'll go next. Well, I remember when this came out. The Beastie Boys, Run DNC and Anthrax. The public Enemy set me up for this. It wasn't as radical as some people said when this came out because I was kind of used to like marriage of rock and rap at <clears> this <throat> time. I just love this song. Fuck their politics and the chay love. I separate my music from political crap. This song is fucking killer. A great way to open an album. Introduce me to Tom Morello. Fucking great fucking shit sounds. He makes... The sounds he makes with those fucking <clears throat> guitars rules like this song. Joseph.
0: Yeah, I think it's a great way to open the album. Really cool intro. Um, into a really great riff as well. The vocal flow throughout the verses is great, and the chorus. The chorus is really, really cool. I think it's just a great, in general, great way to open the album.
4: So, uh, Jerry?
6: Oh, man. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, I'm so sorry, Charles, man. We usually get along so well when right. like, well, we're it. I knew you
4: weren't going to like this album, Jerry. I knew it.
6: I mean, it has a really cool bass opener. I thought, hey, man, we're off to a cool start. Then this motherfucker starts singing and it just goes <laughs> right down my spine. And it's—I think this is—it's funny you mentioned Limp Biscuit. I think this is heavy Limp Biscuit. Uh, it just really does nothing for me. I mean, the only redeeming quality is the bass player in this band. Um, I just do not like this song at all. But you know,
4: this five. band came out way before Limp Biscuit, right? Right on.
5: And yes, and that's cool because there would be no Limp Biscuits. Without rage against the machine, I'm oh, you. Shame on them! They were the dudes. <laughs> the fucking this was the genesis of new metal. Look, I understand. They were
6: huge when they came. I get that, man. I just, like I said, the tr- the train blew past me with these guys, and I'm sorry about that.
5: It, just, it did at the time with me too, dude. I just checked it out later, but I man, rip it apart, Jerry. Be a fucker. No,
6: I, Man, do like that song. I do like that song. What's the song with uh, something about the family with a pocket full of shells? I do like that song. What's that song? Keep it in the family head. with a pocket full of shells. Right. That's a cool tune. I don't know what the name of it is or what album on it is.
5: Bulls on Parade. Evil Empire. That's
6: Bulls fun. on Parade. That's it. That sounds familiar. Thanks.
5: But either way, rip it apart. Give us your opinion. Don't worry about me. I'll live. Believe me.
4: All right. Well, yeah, don't worry about him. Don't worry about me either, like everybody else does. But uh, <laughs>
5: Star. Do. We worry about me. Star, what do you what?
4: think about this, man?
5: I already said. It was the track I Oh, yeah, I you
4: did. So who's next, Joseph?
0: I already We already did. Okay. okay. All, 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 good. All, good.
4: all right. Then we go to the next track, right? Yep. Then and we, we go the- to uh, Killing in the Name, which Jerry picked, because he asked me what was what was the biggest song off this album? I told him, Killing in the Name. Well, I picked that song. So Jerry picked this song. I don't know if he likes it. He just picked it because I told him it was the biggest song off this album. So here it is, Killing in the Name of on the Freeform Rock podcast. Not sorry for calling you out, Jerry.
2: Yeah. Now you do what they told you.
4: Okay, Jerry, Killing in the Name of.
6: I mean, I picked it for the reason you just said, man. Oh, this is so dated and annoying, man. I cannot tell you how much this singer just blows, man. And of course, I have to do my Limp biscuit. Fred Durst could do a better job singing this song. Oh, I'm dying. Hated it then and despise it now, man. Another one out of five. Yes!
4: Joseph. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think about it?
0: Yeah, no, actually, this is one I'm probably going to be more leaning towards Jerry with. I mean, I I think it's a a very recognizable song, but I I think this is one of the more generic Rage Against the Machine songs. I I don't think it really does anything that cool. Um, And, yeah, no, I'm not a huge fan of this song, and for it to be, like, the big Rage Against the Machine track, I I think this does them a disservice, because there's a lot... (laughs) A lot better songs on this album that could have been a big hit.
4: Yeah, like I said, I didn't pay attention to the lyrics. I did on this song, because I agree. The fucking the the, the what the sum of throwing forces are the same to throwing crosses. Fucking hypocritical, fucking Christianity. Fucking I am a Christian, but these fucking hypocritical Christianity people that go fucking try to force Christianity down people. You don't read the Bible. God says don't force me on you. So I agree lyrically with this song on that. Because at that point, I'm not getting religious. I'm just saying why I agree with it. Starts off with that bass line. It kicks in. The fucking groove of this song is fucking amazing. Zach. Fucking a kind of punkish fucking rap. Mixed with fucking metal. Fucking his screams are guttural man this song fucking rules I fucking love it star Charles
5: God damn it everybody grab their socks or hose and pull up because this is one of those rare times in life that Mark Alden Taylor and I <laughs> in lockstep.
6: the <laughs> stars are al- the stars are aligning
5: one of those weird moments it doesn't happen a lot but I got I to set the table correctly here. It wasn't about religion, Mark, but you can interpret it how you like. That's I the know pro- thing about
4: music interpretation, right?
5: But it was actually about the Rodney King fucking incident with the LAPD. And the same people that do whatever, they burn crosses in their yards. So it was very much about that. If you're into Blue Lives Matters, you probably won't like this song. That's okay, but I appreciate how Mark interpreted it, because you interpret it how you want. But the actual thing was about Rodney King. Um came <laughs> up with this while he was teaching a student on the guitar drop-D tuning, and he jotted down this riff And uh, the song was developed around it. As I said, it's about Rodney King and that fucking shit. And that's why OJ walked. I saw. Uh, So it's not going to be for the faint of heart or people that don't like to hear the truth. Um, Morello played this on a Fender Telecaster. I think Joseph, you play a little guitar maybe, right? Yep. And I know Jerry does.
6: My favorite guitar. I'll give him that much, then.
5: Hey, well, there you go. Which, for us gearheads, it blows my mind. As this isn't the most metal guitar in the planet. Uh, the guitar solo is pure Morello. The intensity in the song and its build-up sounds like an explosion of energy. Angst. Exploding honestly. Another fantastic track that rocks as hard as anything you're going to hear. So sorry to Joe and Jerry.
4: Oh, dude. Yeah, I agree. You know, like The stars align for me and Charles. Charles, we agree on a lot of same shit, dude.
5: We- no, we don't.
4: We like the Johnny Thunders <laughs> and we like the fucking uh, New York Dolls, man.
5: Yeah, uh-huh. there you go. And the Beatles.
4: And the Beatles. The Beatles should try yeah, everything else,
6: man. I, I've actually listened to that Johnny Thunder album. I think it's pretty
5: fucking cool. I love it. Yeah, he's got some good shit. Uh, but the deal is, I will explain further about Morello. Now, I'm going to probably come back to Jerry's camp a slight bit. But his guitar playing was phenomenal in this track. is it's, To me, it's worth it. But, hey, Joseph loves kicks. I don't really love them. That's okay. Mark loves but
4: kicks, too more than Jerry. We're
5: lot with the Kiss albums for the most part, and uh, Jerry and I do agree ninety six percent of the time, and it's okay.
4: Hey, I we only found- picked one bad Kiss album to you guys it was Crazy cr- Crazy Night. So I the rest of them you liked. So
6: I picked I picked that one. I was I just wanted to tear it apart. That's why I picked
5: it. Yeah, he did. Rock and Roll Over, which is phenomenal. let's go to the
0: next track. Well,
4: let's go to the next track, which is uh, Take the Power Back. We'll start with you, Joseph.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. No, this is a really, really cool intro. And here's really the first example. I mean, Palm Truck had some of it, but really amazing bass riff from Tim Commerford. He is such a killer bass player, and he's definitely the standout musician of this band for me. Musically, this song really gives me a Chili Peppers vibe. Um, but I, yeah, no, I love this song. This is a great, great track, uh, especially musically.
4: Hey, Joseph, do you know what Chris Cornell told Tim Comerfoot when they made Audio Slave in the studio?
0: Uh, no, probably not.
4: He said, I don't rap, I sing, you need to stop slapping that bass. Oh. Yeah, you need to play with my vocals. <laughs> now there's a, that's a fucking singer right there. Yeah. Right, that, yeah, that he told him, I'm not Zach, you need to stop. Acting like I'm rapping.
5: (laughs) He's phenomenal. He's no Lance Daly, but he was phenomenal. I look Chris
4: Cornell better than Lance. I do too, yeah. Oh, God. So, uh, Jerry, what do you think of Take the Power Back? Crank the music up? More like turn it off and toss it in the bin on
6: this occasion, dude. Kudos to the bass player, though, again. I I, I know I said that a few times. That dude's fucking really good. I don't know. When I hear this song, I think about that scene in Blazing Saddles where they're sitting around fucking blowing farts and eating beans. To me, that actually sounds better than this. I just cannot get into this, man, at all. I'm so sorry. One out of five again. Don't
5: apologize. Hate it.
4: All right. So then, well, well, shit, you should go for your opinion now, dude. Go ahead.
5: All right. Well, you know, I hate to sound like a country bumpkin. But that was what I was in 1992, to be fair. And I think part of the reason, maybe like with Jerry, but I'm not saying he's a bumpkin, but I was. Uh, you know, at the time, rage didn't resonate with me. Uh, well, I, I really wasn't aware of what, like I said earlier, what what were we so pissed off about? That's what I didn't get. Like, what are we so upset about? But then, looking back, it seemed like they were the smart ones at the time. I mean, look at how shit is today. Look at how it is today. Think about it. Just think about it. I mean, they were calling that shit back in 1992, and they would continue to. someone had to. The base work on this is funky as hell. I guess, like Joseph said, I get a Chili Peppers feel with the groove to this one. And for the love of Ace Frehley. Tom Morello. Love or hate him. But his approach to the guitar is definitely unique. And I enjoy his work, man. Great funk groove to this. Definitely another good track on this record.
4: Yeah, me and uh, Charles agree with that funk, man. I I said it had a funk feel to it. That breakdown is so good, it goes back into take it back, take it back. Well-crafted hard rock. Is this a metal album? Because it was voted like a like the top 22nd metal album of all time. Do you guys think it's a metal album? It's more metal than Jethro Tull. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one, Jerry.
0: What do you guys think, I, man? Joseph, what do you I, think? Is this a metal album? I, I, it has its moments. I think so, yes. Charles? I don't know what to say because...
5: Morello's like us, man. He's the reason why Kiss got in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. God bless you, Tom Morello. Thank you. I don't no longer have to care about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You righted the wrong of that fucking douchebag that they just fired. Um,
4: yeah, because black people t- can't uh, articulate. So there you go. And they put it in,
5: they put it in the right lineup, too. Mm-hmm.
4: Uh, but... They're,
5: they've got such a different kind of groove to them. I could see why, like, pure metalheads may be like, mm, I could I could see why. But Morello loves Black Sabbath, for example. I mean, he's into Sabbath like anybody else, man, I mean, that we're into. So, I mean, it's got feels at times, but they're just rage against the machine, in my opinion. It's yeah. like,
4: I, I think they go hard like a metal band. I think they break it down like a fucking metal band, but they have that hip hop feel to them also. I uh, I think this is more metal, like uh, Jerry said, as Jethro Tull. This is fucking yeah, I, metal. The, the riffs, the band playing is metal. Just because Zach Zach doesn't really rap. If you listen to him, he's kind of talking. You know, it's fucking cool. You know, he does have that flow. But i think it they're, is a metal band i get this yeah is, I, they're in the
5: wheelhouse
4: this is more metal uh, than the deftones
5: and like i said i mean i don't think you would have had sorry scribble and fucking dude and uh, goddamn bushy
3: <laughs> you would have had
5: a limp biscuit i mean how you guys are smarter on these years than me i mean how much longer after this corn came out two years so, I mean, they were definitely an influence on what new metal would go into.
6: Yeah, that was a sound for a while. I mean, even Kid Rock was in that era for a while. Right? Yeah, I mean, they're
5: new metal with guitar solos. Yeah, That's yeah. what I would say. They were like the prototype of that. And I know some people hate new metal. I do love Korn, and I do love Slipknot. Kiss my ass. I like Slipknot now. But corn ruled, and uh-huh. no, was shit. But I mean, there's there's some hit and miss, but I mean, metal progressed to new metal, and I think this was a bridge from that, and goddamn Nelson.
0: Yep. It's Why do you more- co-
4: Nelson isn't metal, they were rock and roll, dude. They were never metal, just because they had long hair, everybody, like, put them in the metal category. No, Again, I- they were harmonic rock and roll, man.
5: Joseph would agree with me. I mean, Abba was more metal than no. Oh, oh yeah,
4: fuck you, Abba. <laughs>
5: Let's
4: get to the next track. Let's get to the next track, which is uh, <coughs> "Settle for Nothing." I almost picked this track because I think it's fucking metal as fuck. But uh, Joseph, what do you think about it?
0: Um, I think it's it's another another really good song on here. Um, mutually, this one sounds very much like the time as far as what could be labeled grunge. Um, I think I really like Zach's vocals on this one, and I think Tom Morello does an absolutely beautiful solo on this track. I think it's an underrated track on the album because it it sounds so different to the rest of what they would come to be known for.
4: I agree with you that I thought this was way different. I almost picked it, but another song like woke me up. But uh, Jerry, what do you think about it? Actually, this isn't awful.
6: I actually kinda like that. I just don't can't stand the singing, but the music is really well done. The, the 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 arrangement was really not bad. So I'm gonna give this a three out of five.
4: All right, what I thought about it. Musically this song is Doomy Sabbath with a little maiden added. Fuck, this is so good. Zach has a really good rhythm with the spoken word. This song kicks ass. What a, Like like you said, Joseph, what a beautiful guitar that Tom plays in the middle of this. Kind of jazzy. Like, kind of mm-hmm. like Rick Emmett, Emmett-ish from uh, Triumph to me. I fucking love this song. It fucking rules. Charles. Well, I mean, to me, we get a bit doomier
5: type feel in this track. Um, it's got some pretty cool drumming on it. And Brad Wilk, your favorite number. And uh, Zach Della Roche's vocals are fantastic on this. <laughs> uh, such intensity to his voice. Tom Morello's solo is actually a thing of beauty. And he was, relying, he was relying less on the bells and whistles that he could be known for. He just plays an extremely tasty solo on this. I do like where they're going with this track. But I would have to say, I have to be in the mood to listen to it. Kind of like Alice in Chains, man. I love Alice in Chains. I love them. But Lord, do I get depressed after listening to them. Like, it, it's kind of like that. Like I I do like it. I think it's a bit filler compared to the previous what I heard. But I could see it being perfect if I was in the mood for it. So it's not a dud, but it's iffy. But I do like it but I have to be in the mood for it.
4: Alright man let's get to the next track Bullet in the Head which Joseph picked. So here it is on the Freeform Rock Podcast. <laughs>
0: in the head man yeah so this track is a prime example of what jerry was talking about earlier where like tom morello goes way overboard on the sort of effects and reverb and that kind of stuff and i think it works really well on this song i love sort of the weird noises throughout and then some absolutely killer riffs as well mixed in with it this is a really really good one uh for um sort of showing that Brad Wilk was a really good drummer. I think he has some great moments on this song in particular. And this is definitely one of my favorite tracks on the album.
4: Yeah, I'll go next. Uh, this is a very interesting song with Thomas doing all those effects. He must love some uh Edge of the U2, man. Uh jeez, uh, Reminds me of the Edge. So, uh, now let's talk about Tim, man. This song is bass-centric. Love this band, never gets enough credit. I think it's because of their politics. But again, in the end, they get all sabbath on this song. I fucking love it. Charles.
5: Uh, I'm amazed at what Morella can do with the guitar. I mean, he actually gets it to sound like a harmonica at one point. And at the same time, I get people that don't like it. It's very gimmicky. And he certainly hasn't seen an effects pedal he doesn't like. (laughs) Because that's what this really is. But I think it's pretty cool, man. The bass work on this is some of the best I've heard at this point. And lyrically, it deals with how the media controls people. Hmm. Does that happen? Do we hear about that? That's that's unheard of. Huh. (laughs) In many ways, these guys are ahead of their time. This was way more my style than settle for nothing as the groove is so cool on this. I'm really am feeling this one is just flat out rocks, especially towards the end. Sleeper track for sure. Great pick, Joseph.
4: And then we get to track six. Know Your Enemy featuring Mater James Keenan. What do you think about this, Jerry?
6: Know Your Enemy.
4: Yeah, we just did bullet in the head, right?
0: I don't think Jerry on, Jerry on, didn't hold on, hold on. Jerry didn't talk about it.
4: Uh, oh, Jerry, what do you think about bullet in the head, man? Yeah. Well, oh boy. <laughs> um, <laughs> Maybe that's like why everyone uh, asks you. Yeah, I
6: mean, I, I, like I said before, I just don't get the appeal of these guys. Um, it's it actually hurts my ears at times. I was listening to this man, just the noise coming through my headphones, man. I was getting kind of annoyed. Can you please put on load? <laughs> wow. Again, I just, well, I just reload is next don't.
4: week, so
6: I just don't get it. And I, like I said, I
5: apologize.
6: I just cannot get into these guys.
5: Don't apologize. You hate it.
4: <laughs> well, Jerry, reload is next week, so no spoiler alerts. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's that, 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 there's no spoilers necessary for that one.
5: <laughs> yeah, let Jerry do know your enemy first. Unless know your I'm enemy,
6: a- man. Jerry, go for oh, your it. enemy. Not good. Um <laughs> get, to <the> point, <laughs> get to the point where I'm really just fucking getting annoyed, dude. I knew Fine, why be
4: this way, dude? I knew it.
6: Fine, fine, wise <laughs> age and shit always stinks, and you know nothing can be changed about that. Tom Morello is just the most annoying guitar tones and sounds, that <laughs> and and at the fucking end, dude, shut the fuck up. <laughs> he kept repeating that fucking ending. I'm like, dude, just chilled Ah, sorry
4: Uh, yeah do you like you like a lot of crap too but uh (laughs) Joseph what do you think about it
0: um yeah no I think this is a really really cool intro Zach has a great flow on this musically I think it's one of the coolest songs on the album I love the eerie vocals that Maynard from Tool does on uh, the later part of the song I think it sounds really really cool
4: so then i'll go next uh killer metabriffs to start the song i haven't talked about the drums yet and this guy is killing it brad wilk fucking great tom was playing his ass off i love it not a bad track yet charles what do you think about it well uh, morello's
5: manipulating the toggle switch uh to create that synthesizer effect uh, just badass uh Once again, this groove is just so cool. You can bob your head to the riff. Man, these dudes just have one of those grooves that I guess... I guess I can understand people like Jerry not feeling it, but I'm not one of them. song features Maynard from Tool, who was actually auditioned being Rage, by the way. On additional vocals. And Steven Perkins! And I can't stand, Jane's Addiction.
4: I love that band.
5: Fact, during the I, section I, I, featuring Maynard.
4: Can't stand that.
5: One, oh, I hate him. Once oh, again, we ver- need
4: to do a review of Ritual. There you go.
5: Uh, That'll be us against you. Once again, very imaginative guitar work. I mean, maybe I'm just easily impressed, but man, this is one badass song and inspires this bumpkin all day. Killer track here.
4: Well, like I alluded to earlier, uh, my, I picked the track, Wake Up. So here's Wake Up on the Freeform Rock Podcast.
5: Sorry for interrupting the podcast. I just want to take a second to thank all of you for listening. Please take a second to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Podbean. And join the Freeform Rock Podcast community on Facebook. Now, back to the show.
4: That was Wake Up. I'm probably going to piss some Jerry Supes off on this fucking take on I know this what song.
6: you're going to say because I have it written down, too. I bet I know exactly
0: what you're going to say.
4: Yeah, a little cashmere sounding to open Exactly. It. That's it.
0: <laughs> I wrote it down, too. <laughs> a little cashmere track to open this song. A oh,
4: fucking Killer Tim bassline Loving this track. Very hoppy. Cool riff. Zach riffing lyrically on this. Those sound effects. Fuck, I love it. Then they get all metal, speeding up and fucking bring it back down. Genius, fucking Tom is fucking killing it on this song with the lead. The song goes over the pl- all over the place, and that's why I fucking love it. Joseph, what do you think about it?
0: Yeah, no, I love this album. What I'm with the song, I mean, what I wrote down is intro very reminiscent of if Corn played Cashmere, <laughs> and I love Corn and I love Cashmere. So there you go. I love this song. Politically, it's one of, lyrically. It's one of the most political songs on the album, directly quoting from a J. Edgar Hoover FBI memo that discussed targeting prominent African Americans for suppression in the sixties. I know they mentioned MLK and a couple other people specifically throughout the song, but this is the one where I mentioned where, like lyrically, I can actually kind of politically agree with it a little bit because it's kind of calling out the government for what they did to suppress the civil rights movement in the sixties. Yeah, I think musically it's really a great song and one of the few I can actually kind of agree with lyrically.
4: Well, it's like we said on the Black Panther episode the album made us misogynistic. This album is making us politically jerry.
0: Steel Panther,
5: not Black Panther. Steel
4: Panther, I mean, yeah. My bad. <laughs> I always got to have some fuck ups on Get that. Away. So. Kill Whitey, Yeah, no, not Black Panther. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I still fine. made us misogynistic. This album made us political. Jerry, what do you think about it?
6: Yeah, besides the Casimir thing, I say listen to my views on songs one, two, three, and five. You'll get my opinion on this song
4: next. <laughs> Charles.
5: Well, Joseph picked that, picked out the Jagger Hoover shit, and that's right. It was the target, suppressing black nationalist movement. And it's been a firestorm of controversy since its release. And I haven't seen this band live, but it's usually played live. Even though right before the uh, whatever, you know, when they walk off and act like they're leaving. What do you call it? They encore. Yeah. Uh, uh, even though it wasn't a single. And it, it did appear in the first Matrix film which I really fucking love that film. Uh, One may or not, they may or they may not agree with what these guys are on about their message. But I, for one, am struck by how in 1992 they're calling this kind of shit out. And we may or may not have heard about these things. You know, like today, because we we didn't have the internet back then. (laughs) This song is about as prototypical rage as you're ever going to get. Darker in tone. But it matches the tone and the theme of the song. Musically, eye-opener, bass, phenomenal. I mean, this man could play phenomenally. And again, I'm just marveled at Morello's guitar wizardry. wizardry gimmicky. Gimmicky or not. I know it's gimmicky. But, uh. I love it. I love the original take he brought to the guitar. A great but somewhat disturbing song. Or an eye-opener. You be the judge. Listen to the song, and you decide.
4: I'm just saying Tom Murillo's contemporaries at this time were not doing what he was doing on guitar, except for the the edge. Nobody 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 was was doing this, except the edge was doing those effects, you know, at this time. So, oh, he's, a,
5: he's a pedals yeah. wizard, this yeah. guy, no doubt. Yeah, it's so. like an,
4: I, I think he deserves more credit than he gets. But then we get to the next song, uh, Fistful of Steel, Jerry.
6: <laughs> oh, As stated before, can a guitar sound be any more freaking annoying, man? Especially that annoying guitar company that's going over the verses. I don't know what the fuck they're trying to achieve there. It's horrible. That's not a total shitstorm. Um, it's not bad it's just there's some that there's some parts in this song that just drive me nuts man I just ugh, you know uh, I'm trying to take the politics out of the music just by judging by the music but uh if you if I want to say anything about the politics yeah at the time yeah okay i I get what the lyrics are all about I was try to stay away from that but musically I just don't like this one either man a one out of five
4: what do you think about audio slave i do you like that one song? Doesn't remind me. That's about it. That's it. You don't like Cochise and yeah. I
5: like a stone.
4: Like a stone.
5: Whoa.
4: I had that CD,
6: and to be honest with you, I think I've listened to it like two or three times. Maybe I'll give it another listen. Yeah, maybe go
4: listen, listen to it again. Uh, like I said, I love. I, like I said, too. I love. I love. I love Chris Cornell. It well, <laughs> probably isn't that bad. So, dude, nah. Jesus is fucking a uh, fucking ear candy, dude
5: one uh, great video yeah
4: a great mm-hmm. video too but uh then we get to you uh joseph what do you think of a uh, fiscal uh,
0: yeah. um generally i think this is one of the weaker tracks on the album it sounds very generic rage there's some cool guitar stuff and some cool riffs but other than that this one doesn't really stick out to me i think it's kind of a, a generic rage against the machine song kind of what they would fall into a little bit later on in their discography a lot of their later albums I think kind of fall into that trap of just sounding like generic Rage Against the Machine songs, and this one just doesn't really stick out to me.
4: I just think there's more metal riffs to start off this song. has a good groove. Fuck, they bring it down with some killer bass. The guitar sounds like a banshee. Kind of a slow jam with some oomph. Eight tracks on this album and it's still kicking hard. Uh, Charles.
5: One of the more musically sparse songs, I think they did this to highlight Della Roche's vocals a bit. When I say this, please, people, don't come at me, but send your hate tweets at Charles Trainer at X, formerly known as Twitter. The drum groove seems like a distant cousin to Ice ts Six in the Morning. I'm not sure who on here knows Six in the Morning, but that's. Yeah. Not exact, but it has a similar feel. This one falls a bit flat. I mean, De sounds good on it. Drums are slamming, and we do get some of that gimmicky Morella playing here. But overall, this one I think suffers due to the fact that musically it's a bit sparse, and it comes across as filler. Even though making the guitar sounding like a dog barking is an interesting touch. One of the weaker tracks I've heard thus far.
4: All right. And then we get to uh, Township Rebellion. I'll take this first. Love the Cowboy playing. Brad and the Beat is awesome with some cool riffage going on. Joseph?
0: Yeah, um, pretty much copy and paste what I said about the last one. I think it has a really good guitar solo, but otherwise, I think it's just a very generic Rage Against the Machine song. It doesn't really stand out to me. I think it goes on for a little too long. Um, particularly the middle section where he's just repeating the same thing over and over again, which kind of happens a lot in some of the Rage Against the Machine songs. I mean, I think they were kind of running out of a little bit of steam towards the end of the album. Uh, but I, I do think they save it and we'll get to that in a minute. But um, yeah, these, these, this one and the last one, I think it's kind of running out of steam a little bit here.
4: <laughs> uh,
6: Jerry. What, Step Rebellion? That's what you're on? Yeah. Yeah. Um, repetitive and boring. I think, do I hear Lars' drum sound on Saint Anger
4: yeah.
6: a little bit in this? There's some weird, is it, is it a cowbell or is it a drum? I don't know. Cowbell. There's some weird, some weird fucking horrible percussion in this song. Yeah. Uh, but the solo is actually not that bad. I do kind of like its playing on this song. Um, I, you know, I'm just ready to be put out of my misery here, but I'm going to give this one a two out of five just for the solo because I think it's a pretty good solo.
4: Charles
5: Well for a 10-track album It's almost an hour in length and as because most of the songs are over five minutes in length another filler track here, even though it Even though this album has the supposed perfect track count I'm thinking this album was about a song or two too many. This is starting to get fatiguing to listen to, is this one did even less for me than Fistful of Steel, and it's because I don't think there's much to this song, and not even Morello's gimmicks can save it. Nothing really stands out, I think everyone knows they should be doing better than this. And I kind of agree with Jerry, though, that about the best thing is the odd-sounding guitar solo Morello has on it, but just a little too out there for me, and it was boring overall.
4: Alright, and I'll take this one first the last track on the album, Freedom. This song is so fucking cool, I almost picked this as my track. But that one reminded me of Led Zeppelin and Cashmere, so I picked that one. This one fucking rules. Those guttural screams Zach does is metal's fuck. The groove, the rhythm section is doing fucking insane great work. Great album from start to finish. But, I have to say, I did do something different with this album. I listened to it at work with my headphones twice, and I put it in my car with my 12-inch wheel for my fucking great stereo system. This is an album that needs to be played, not on headphones. You need to fucking feel the fucking sound, the bass, the guitars, the drums. This is why Brad Wilk fucking rules. Did when you I say put- not? Did you? Did you say not? on headphones? Don't listen to it on headphones. Oh, you yeah, need I to feel the fucking sound. power. You don't feel power on headphones. Pink Floyd is what a great... What kind of headphones
6: do you have?
4: What kind of headphones do I you have? I got Bose headphones, dude. Let's fucking
6: roll. I don't know what you're talking about no, there. But, uh, okay.
4: but I'm saying... Yes, <laughs> most of the albums I listen to, like Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon, The Wall, are better on headphones. But when you put this album in a fucking 12-inch woofer, fucking huge fucking... Fucking amplified fucking shit. This album fucking just hits you hard. It's like... The, the headphones did not do this album justice. You need to fucking feel this surrounded by fucking speakers. Fucking just open your windows and fucking listen to this album. I give it 10 out of 10 bong rips, man. Charles.
5: Well, we end the album with the track that's way more like it. And at least we end strong. This has a more unified sound to the groove overall. Great percussion. In addition to the drums being great on this track. And we get cowbell. Yeah. You know, I love cowbell.
4: (laughs) You didn't like it on the last track, but
5: okay. It always makes the song sound better. It was better on this one. Uh, The shifts and turns of this track are way more like it to me. By the way, I still hate Tommy Lee's fucking drum bell sound, uh, cowbell sound on that first Motley crew album. Oh, I love that! <laughs> I hate come that first on and Motley dance. Crue album.
4: Dude, dude, come on and dance, come on. Oh my
5: god, that song sucks so bad. Um, but when we get good cowbell, it always makes the song sound better. The shifts and turn of this track are way more like it to me. In the end, I'd recommend this album as a whole, even though I believe it really should have been a 9 or an 8 track record and it could have been one of the best of the year 1992. Which it may still be, but I wouldn't say it's the best to me. But a hell of a start. Definitely worth listening to if you could tune out the politics and just feel out the groove.
4: But the thing is, this is like one of the first few albums that I tried on headphones first twice, and then I put it in my car for two days straight. And my car, I I could hear Brad Wilk fucking sounding like John Bonham, dude. I couldn't hear that on the headphones, but in my car with a great stereo system, dude, this shit needs to be cranked up to fucking eleven. Just saying that. Headphones don't give you that feel. This is like a this whole album is like a live. Concert feel It needs to be subtle. heard. Felt.
5: You gotta get them subwoofers bumping.
4: Yes, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You need yeah. the subwoofers. You need the fucking power. You ever
6: you ever, you ever see that South Park episode with the motorcycle gang? Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, um, I'm gonna tell it. Noise. Uh, <laughs> I won't. I won't. I won't say anymore. I'll just. That's what I think about people that Jerry, blast that shit bass real upgrade high. Upgrade
4: your system in your <laughs> Kia. <laughs> Like I said, I'm, totally, I'm turning into a fucking
5: grumpy old man. I get it, dude, so fuck it, I don't... It's all good, Jerry, you hate it, it's the fucking rules. I love it,
4: I hate it. <laughs> well, three it's, out of four uh, recommend this album, so... Uh, that, I, didn't, cool. I, didn't, I didn't do my review, and Joseph didn't do his either. No. Well, so I'm myself. not, add, <laughs> but I'm just saying, Joseph, what do you think about it?
0: So we're ending with Jerry's down review on it, that's what we're doing? Yeah. <laughs> okay i guess we'll do that then uh no i i freaking love this song i think it's a great closure memorable riff cool vocal flow some really unique breakdowns throughout the song and tight musicianship make all all that makes this a definite highlight on the album and it's a great way to end things plus Plus, wrap it up with another killer Tom Morello solo i think it's a great 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 way to end the album
4: so jerry shit on it
6: Oh, God, I was so happy when we fucking got to the song. I fucking just was ecstatic. <laughs> and I fucking listened to it. And I fucking loved it. Yes! Wow. Best fucking song on the album by far. And the vocals weren't even that annoying. Um, The leads were slick. The bass playing mixed in with it was fucking perfect. It had a couple little repetitive, typical rage, you know, riffs in it. But... I love this song, man. This is a five out of fucking five, man. Way to go. I actually listened to this song twice to make sure I wasn't fucking dreaming or something wrong, so (laughs) stand behind it.
4: I'm just telling everybody out there listening, upgrade your stereo system in your car and listen to this album. Just saying. But uh, that was our review of Rage Against the Machines debut album. Thank you to uh, the star, Charles Trainer for picking this album because Lee would have never let me do this album. I appreciate that, Charles.
5: No problem, man. We were, we like rock and metal on this show.
4: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we don't go for a fucking uh, mascara
5: even suit. Don't like, even if Jerry don't like it. But, hey, hey
6: I, lo- I loved one song, man. It's at the
5: start. <laughs> hey, man, it don't matter. Fucking hate, 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 hate. Hate your player's ball. I fucking love it. Hate what you hate. But, I mean, like I said, I just, in the end, it's... I could tune out the politics. I like what Morella does with the guitar. Mark loves Brad Wilkie. And, uh,
4: because when I listened to it in the car, I could hear the brilliance of Brad Wilk. That's why.
5: And Comerford.
4: Oh, yeah, because. Dude, he, that dude fucking rules. They both work thing. together perfectly, man.
5: He's phenomenal. And uh, whichever. I, mean, I get why some people would be like, I don't like their politics. That's cool. But don't talk to me about Nugent. There you go. Because right. I'm a believer in tune out the politics, listen to music, and Jerry didn't like it. That's cool. I'm with it. I think Joseph was more closer line with us and a couple few tracks. I agree. I think it was... Maybe I'm wrong, but I think it should have been an eight-track album. I agree. And we, we picked For, the same you, two songs. Out? Song?
6: You would yeah. kick out, you would
4: take out songs eight and nine?
5: Yeah. Yeah. Alright. All right, they were lame.
4: Eh. Uh, they sounded better with a great system now. So, I was going with yeah. sound.
5: Uh, I mean, for the track album, it's almost an hour.
4: Yeah. So, yeah, so there's some long yeah. songs. Jeff Leppard caused that shit, right? And, and to
5: fair, I'm going to call Mark on one thing. I mean, wasn't Della Roach's lyrics a little bit repetitive? Oh, uh, yeah. But so, the
4: music was so good and he yeah, he flowed yeah. so good that it didn't kill me
5: but see sometimes there's exceptions to the rules i'm just glad we we tried something a little different we did nugent so we need to do the other end of the spectrum and hey fuck it yeah, fuck we all like it except jerry so that's cool
4: all right man jerry any final thoughts man before we get to our tracks of the week
6: no, nah, man. I mean, it, it was actually fun doing the show. I mean, I, you know, it was kind of nice to revisit it just to give it another shot. Uh, I don't like I said. I like a couple of their songs. They're not they don't totally suck in my opinion. So um, yeah, it was fun reviewing it. I mean, going through it again. I still don't like it. but I gave it. It was fun
0: revisiting it again. You know what I mean? Yeah,
4: Joseph. Any final thoughts?
0: Yeah. No, I think it's. I, I love being able to talk with this. This isn't a band that I would normally really talk about much, but I've really enjoyed the album. Um, like Charles said, i definitely cut it down to an eight-track album, make it more like a sort of uh, Ride the Lightning, Master of Puppets length. I mean, that, that was an eight, those are both eight-track albums with a lot of longer songs on them, and I think that, that works really well for the flow of it. And I think I'd do the same with this, cut uh, tracks eight and nine off this album and cut it down to an eight-track album. I think it would flow a lot better. And it wouldn't kind of tail off to the end, because I think they kind of lose some steam there towards the end of the album, the way that it's set up now.
4: Uh, I I kind of agree with you guys. Eight and nine are not the, the biggest tracks on this album. Yeah, an eight-song album would have been perfect, because you start off with bomb track and end with freedom. That's fucking amazing, you know. This fucking band, I think, is very underrated musically, because their politics, like Ted Nugent. So, we are kind of in the same boat there. Yeah. Give
6: me some nudes any day of the week.
4: Well, I like nudge better, but...
5: I like both of them.
4: No. Any final thoughts, Charles?
5: <laughs> no, I mean, I'm just glad we did something that... will make people stop and think, and... Uh, I challenge people anytime that, that they would be like, oh, fuck that. We'll actually do what Jerry did and listen to it before you say, fuck it. Like, we did... Tay-Tay on this fucking show, <laughs> and that, I mean, you listen to it before you talk about it. Listen yeah, to it. I agree. And if you don't like it, cool, but just to make blanket statements, when well, I heard they're this, and yeah, they are this, but Nugent's this as well, on the other end, listen to it, if it's not for you, cool, if it is, cool, we don't give a damn, but... Just to do something a little different. And, uh, I'm surprised Lee wouldn't have done He'd do it for me, though. On his oh, show. yeah, because you're his favorite but, uh, podcaster. Yeah. But uh, I haven't. I never even would have thought to send this to Lee. But we would do it here because it's definitely, no matter what we say, it's got hard guitar in it. It's a rock and metal wheelhouse, whether anybody likes it or not.
4: Yeah, I'm still so. waiting for you guys to give me Fistful Metal. And you know I love Anthrax. uh, Fucking out
5: rules, dude. Mm -hmm. Hey, no spoilers, bitch. (laughs) We know that you don't like good. Well,
4: no spoilers again. Maybe I will like it when I hear it again. You never know. But uh, let's get to our tracks of the week, man. Charles, you picked the chosen dope lord. The chosen one. Dope, dope lord. I didn't hear it. I'm sorry. Well, you
5: Uh, should because it's sludgy fucking... Doom, like, sludge metal greatness, and uh, it's a really cool track, and I encourage people to check out this band, and you are always pushing how rock is alive, and I say it's on its deathbed, but this is a new newer band, not brand new, but cool newer band. So get behind them new bands, fuckers. Yeah, it's a, it, I like that. I like that song. It was a Ian good song. Hill
4: says rock is not metal is not dead. That there's newer bands coming up that will take their place. So I hope
5: you're.
6: Right. I hope they're right I said it was on his yeah. death rap.
4: So
5: I hope they're ba- right. The bass is from Judas Priest. Yes. He does nothing. Okay.
4: <laughs> he, he plays he <laughs> just that's sits there goes up and down yeah <laughs> but uh Jared, did you pick a song to make it a joke because you didn't really care for this album you picked a theme song for WKRP in Cincinnati <laughs> what's wrong with that
6: nothing great, it's a great song I was, wa- I don't I don't was watching I was watching I was watching it when you told me that and I am like let's mix it up a little bit let's put something totally fucking out there and sucky that's why I picked sucky
4: that one sucky not sucky to me you should if you remember, Everyone, remember whatever became of me. I'm living <laughs> on the air in Cincinnati. Everybody. Johnny Fever Rules. WKRP. <laughs> Johnny, back, Johnny Fever picked, Rules.
5: If I had it back, I'd have picked the Xbox theme song. <laughs> That's a good one, man. yeah.
0: Which one? The, Venus with the Uncle, Tra- Tra- the Uncle Cracker man. X-Factor theme song?
5: <laughs> no. Oh, no, The original. The, original.
0: Yeah, the X-Factor
5: was the same dude. Who did Jericho's song? You know? sounded like um, the I'm dude not, from not. the DX band sounded exactly like Zach De La Rocha. Yeah, but who did,
0: who did? Who did? Who did Jericho's song? The Break the walls, Break the walls down. I'm the not sure. Dude, the same dude. The same the, guy. I think it was. The, was the same dude. That's it's that's
5: like that's they that's found that. this dude that sounded just like Zach De La Rocha. Yeah, he did. Yeah. This guy. Degeneration X Mark, listen
0: to that song one time.
4: Alright. Is that the Something? band Nate likes Degeneration?
0: No. no. No, no. It's no. a wrestling theme song. A faction.
4: That's why I don't it know it. it. A, yeah, a theme song for a
0: faction. With a faction.
4: I, I would like yeah. to be on a wrestling podcast and just listen to you guys and go okay, As soon as I get okay. done with this fucking okay. one with uh the, the other two members. No, I, I would, do the, start I would the just go one. Say, I, really do. I don't I don't know that. Okay. I don't know that. Enjoy, guys. Yeah. <laughs>
5: Well, it's gonna be called uh, "Rocking Wrestling Ring and Rock."
6: I'm just waiting to get. I'm just waiting for all the, you know, to get my intro well, for this song. I me this podcast. Then I want to do the wrestling thing. I really. Yeah, I'm
4: making your intro yeah. later today, so leave me alone.
5: But <laughs> Mark, Mark what? I'll, I mean, I'll send you a link. You only need to listen to about a minute or so because it's very repetitive. It just same <laughs> thing over and over again.
4: That's weird. I like rage.
5: But he sounds just like Zack Della Rocha, period. The music doesn't really, it's a little bit like watered down. Not as, it's close, but the dude that wrote it and played, he wasn't, was Morello. But the dude that's singing, you're like, is this rage? <laughs> Unfortunately, that's what, that's the only thing about rage. I usually hear, Degeneration generation X! Dude, Derny, I Derny. love the album
4: Battle of Los Angeles, dude, with Adam Rules.
5: That's supposed to be their best. I love I'm that not... album.
4: That's my favorite, actually. But uh, then, was last... then I get to my pick. I, I, since this is kind of hip hopish, ish and I like to smoke weed. I pick Cypress Hill, Hits from the Bong. All right. I like that's that's... Cypress Hill. I'd like to do a review of their debut album one day. Uh, and then Joseph you picked a fucking great track too Frank Zappa's Black Curtains man
0: Black Napkins
4: Black Napkins my bad (laughs) how did I write Black Curtains I I think you wrote Black Curtains
0: (laughs) I did not I did not
4: because I usually copy and paste what you guys gave me (laughs) Uh, my fuck up I fucked up it's Mark you're used to Mark fucking up but uh I would like to thank Joseph for being on here man you fucking rule dude we love you. Uh, you're always on both shows, man. We love you. Uh, I can't wait to do that new show we're doing this week. I'm not gonna, because that'll be weeks later after we talk about this. That's going to be awesome. Nobody talks about that. Band. I'm just going to say ELO. So go back and look at the the BS sessions. That's the new name of the show, the BS sessions. So check out us on YouTube. We are going to do our our ELO uh, Jerry's pick, and uh, Charles is going to give me his list. So that's fucking pretty cool. He's still part of the show, even though he's not going to be on there with us. But when he gets into a better time zone, he will be back. So awesome. So that's our show for tonight, man. I like to uh, Jerry. Any any thanks? Yeah, you I, yeah. I
6: just you know I, I just want to thank Charles again for you know being on our other show, man. It was a fucking pleasure and an honor, dude. We're gonna miss you, and I hope you do come back soon, man. Oh, he'll be back.
5: I mean, them budget cuts.
6: know, I, I get, dude. I, mean, I get where your situation, brother, man. So, I
5: mean, yeah. that, that and them budget cuts. Yeah, uh, I know, man. Had we're, to get Jerry a new 84 chair.
4: 84 hours a week, dude, I understand your pain. I've done that before.
5: Yeah, but uh, it's, uh, yeah, man. I mean, you know, I'll pop in from time to time as I feel like up to it and all that but uh, it was fun and that was what got me kind of launched but the, you know but this audio podcasting reviewing albums is, is my shit yeah Love it. it's my favorite um sorry you didn't like this one too much jerry but i kind of think i know why you don't i really do so not that i would take offended because rage against machine is not like, one of my favorite fans so i wouldn't take offense to it either way but damn it jerry we gotta work on that you saying sorry just say you fucking hate it
4: yeah dude never
6: say sorry dude no i I said i said that when bob did the youtube thing
4: i'm like dude i apologize because just something that people like no it doesn't it's your (laughs) opinion stick to it
5: no fucking just be like i hate this shit what the fuck me this week, you choked say choked that up.
4: about extreme, but you were sorry about you too. Thank you. No, when when did we do extreme? No, but I'm saying Jerry says extreme sucks to me all the time. <laughs> so
5: there you go. But not, no, no, I mean but that's it's why Jerry's our Ed McMahon, man. He's a nice bridge. Mark is the likes the dork rock and I like the cool shit, and that's okay. <laughs> but it's all right. And then we got i gotta spend a special shout out i love when joseph's is on and man love that you're on dude and uh come back on whenever
0: you choose anytime what was that yeah thank you guys so much um yeah i always love being on here especially getting to talk about albums that i don't don't normally get to talk about this was really fun Yeah,
4: yeah we appreciate you joseph you don't know how much man we love you and you're always welcome to come back and uh Charles, you're always on the BS sessions whenever you choose to be. So, who's fucking doing a motorcycle? I don't know. what I don't know what that is. What is I don't it? know either. I don't UCLA know. Is losing the the Washington State.
5: Those budget cuts. That's why I'm off BS. Yes, folks.
4: <laughs> I,
5: I got cut because of money money reasons. You know.
4: Yes. Yeah, yeah. It was,
6: was either it was either Charles or redo my chair. We chose the chair. All right.
4: <laughs> uh, yeah, that chair was like, oh god. Jerry, you don't, you know, I had nightmares about that chair attacking me. Ah, right? uh, uh, dude.
6: Yeah, I, I, like I said, I,
4: I buried it in the pet cemetery, man. And oh you know, fuck so me, we'll see what you happens. And Eric Swinson. Hey, Eric, what's up, buddy? Uh, but let's get the fuck out of here, man. Thank you, guys.
6: All right, later, guys.
4: Later. best of rock and heavy metal and some Duran Duran. <laughs> just joking. Where am I? Tune into to ThatMetalStation.com every Tuesday night to hear the Freeform Rock Show. 6pm Pacific, 9pm Eastern, only on ThatMetalStation.com You
6: have just listened to the Freeform Rock Podcast. All music played on the Freeform Rock Podcast belongs to its owner.